Ahoy hoy, thank you for tuning in to Character Arc Podcast, where each week we talk about a movie we just watched. We'll provide our own version of the synopsis, have an open discussion about things we liked, what we didn't like, what we would change, and end with a favorite scene or final thought. I am Ted Hong. And I'm Richard Bertelson. And today's episode, we are going to be talking about Joker. Can you please stop bothering my kid? Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. (laughs) This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. A man who suffered violence as a child can only find purpose in life through inflicting violence on others. Also known as Batman. Yeah. We've even kind of nods that a little bit, I think. Um, yeah. Who would like, parallel? Just Thomas Wayne says specifically, yeah. cowards wear masks and like crazy people wear masks. Super weird portrayal of Thomas Wayne, by the way. Absolutely. He has been portrayed in extremely limited fashion as someone who's not the greatest, but 99% of his portrayals are of a beacon of light. Yeah. For, for like for someone that Previously. Gotham always looked up to. Yeah. And I know that it's okay. It's okay to portray a character in a new way, particularly for something that's clearly not supposed to be canon with anything else. Or even at a different angle. That's, um, this is fine, because like, what we hear about Thomas Wayne is usually from people who have known him, whereas this is from people... Uh, you know, at, at ground level, who have no idea who he is. The only time I can think of where, where, where say, the comic books ever portray Thomas Wayne, and I see what you're saying, this is the perspective of others, not just his family, but Batman Damned portrays Thomas Wayne at least as an adulterer, but it, it, I don't believe that that story comments on his, like, political integrity or anything right. like the way that this kind of does. Did you have more to say about Thomas Wayne? Yes. I did, yeah, more specifically. Okay, so the bathroom scene with Joker... Where he's like, oh, you're her son. So he already knows her background, knowing that she is not mentally stable. And for him to be aggressive and very antagonistic, as opposed to, I'm sorry about your situation. Like, you know, like we were just saying, like the sort of beacon of light previously. Mm -hmm. Now, he's this kind of, I don't know. The movie wanted to the movie wanted to touch on quote unquote like recent events and our cultural zeitgeist right now, which is that he's a billionaire, you're not supposed to like him. Why would you like this billionaire? Because he's probably an asshole who got right. money for shitty mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. And but I mean I was also thinking because it was the nineties, um, and the understanding of like I believe it was before the nineties. What? This movie? Yes. It's like early nineties. I believe it was like the eighties or the seventies. I believe it was the nineties. I'm about to hit you with some facts. <laughs> 1981. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's Gotham, and Gotham is a fictional place, but it obviously Gotham is often often looks suspiciously like New York, and it just it, the like the vehicles and everything. They just they reminded me of either late 70s or early 80s. Really, I was thinking. Uh, I mean, it's not so. His, his TV, like he had like a he had a VHS player. I believe. You mean like a 
Betamax. But it was like, yeah, there you go. It was yeah. like huge and archaic. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't just the VCRs that we had in the 90s when we were growing up. Good point. Up. Yeah. It was something 80s. before that. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. For Thomas Wayne to be outraged that this man had essentially touched his son. Okay, I understand that. For him to be upset to the point where he, you know, it's like he's so protective of his family for him to act out in aggression. But then I would have liked to see, I mean, yeah, you're talking about the whole like zeitgeist in terms of how we see people that are extremely rich right now. But yeah, at least have that little bit because this is supposed to be someone that I guess maybe it's because how this character has been painted previously that I wanted to see it like that. But then it's kind of hard not to kind of uh, touching on a point I think you wanted to talk about, as we kind of mentioned earlier, because it, it it's from a source material, right? So in some level kind of hit that, because like this is what we would be doing with Joaquin Phoenix's uh, portrayal of Joker. I think we have something to compare to is my point. Right. I see. I kind of want to go in like two completely different directions based on what you said. <laughs> and I mean, I, I agree with you that it, it's strange and... But I think there's a couple reasons why. I think one is because this movie is tied to Batman in some way. Yeah. Okay. Even though there is no reason for this movie to be tied to Batman in any way, it almost it wants to tell him it wants to tell a story about billionaires and poor people. It wants to tell a story about isolation and mental illness and it wants to tell a story about a failing system i'll agree with the last two the that first point was i felt like was more of a subplot but sorry oh sure 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 um it's 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 commenting on society it's commenting on very modern society Mm -hmm. i mean problems that certainly existed in the 80s but there were we're seeing at least more every day in media the the end result of a Joker-like person, at least the way that this movie portrays him. And so my thing is, and this is not this is not directed or shot or edited or acted in any way that would be reminiscent of any superhero movie you've ever seen. And that that's like it fine. doesn't tie into the other ones right. recently. And that's fine, but when you go so far in that other direction, go farther. Don't make it like you get to a certain point where it's like. I almost feel like the fact that his name is Thomas Wayne instead of some other generic billionaire makes the movie weaker because you have the thoughts that you were talking about. Yes, okay, yes. And so it's like, okay, I can follow this dark tale about this guy, this very very unfortunate series of mental illnesses or developmental challenges or injuries and traumas. But then if you take me down this rabbit hole of Joaquin Phoenix's performance... And then he goes and, like, does a magic trick for a kid, and someone goes, that's Bruce Wayne. And you're like, oh, okay. I, what, you've just taken me out of this performance now. This, mm-hmm. is no, this is no longer a story about that I'm supposed to tie to actual things. And now it's you're just kind of jamming in ideas of this DC universe, even though also the movie doesn't match up with anything we know from the DC exactly. universe. So it, it fails on both, and I don't mean the movie fails, by the way. I just mean, like, it's hurt on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie's actually, I think the movie's incredibly well-directed. The visuals are good. The acting is really good. But the problem is it jerks back and forth between... Something that would seem like an, a standalone kind of movie. Yeah. And being tied to the source material. Because it doesn't... 
It doesn't use the source material in any particular way that... I can't imagine that if you... Hey, if you want to go see Taxi Driver or some dark character study, you'll probably really like this movie. Yeah. If, you, if you're going into this movie because it's you like Joker. DC Comics and it's the Joker... I can't imagine you being satisfied with this. No. Unless Actually, it's by some accidental like crossover of your interests. Yeah. But it, it's not... It has nothing to do with the Joker that you know in comics that I've ever read. And I have certainly not read every comic about the Joker, but I have read... A good amount. I've read a solid 12 years of the regular Batman run. So this is not a portrayal of Gotham or the Joker that is... It has vague hints of the killing joke, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not by any means an adaptation. Of yeah, it. see, I feel like it totally dropped the ball, adding to the point of where you're saying it doesn't quite hit the mark for people that like going are going in expecting a DC sort of Joker movie. The group of people to my left, they're, they were like kind of stunned that it wasn't the type of movie they were expecting. Right. Like you could tell, like based on the reactions, like, well, that seemed kind of... Because this isn't just this isn't just a dark and gritty uh, movie based on a comic book. That's not what this is. I mean, it is dark and gritty, <laughs> but it's not like and based off of a comic book. It's not. It's not Watchmen. It's not The Dark Knight. It's. It's a different movie. It's 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 a non comic book movie. It's a it's not a, a grounded version of something. It is literally a story about. It's own mental thing. illness and stuff. Yeah. And it just so happens that once in a while they say a name you recognize. Yeah. And which again I would argue takes you takes out a, of yep. that drama. I agree. This I is agree. a drama that that is not this is a type of drama too that I would argue is very is for a very niche audience. It's not for so I, I that's what I'm saying, I guess, when you go into it and you're like, Oh, I, I like the Joker, the likelihood that you'll be like, This is what I expected is almost none. And quite frankly, I do really appreciate the craft of this movie, but it's a type of movie that I don't like, too. Um, which is to say that... You don't want it to blend with something else. I imagine, like, as a producer or the company, to be like, well, this seems like a really good story, but as something on its own, no one would really want to watch it. Let's tie it into something else. <laughs> I mean, there have been movies that are just kind of dark character studies of, of people, like, people who have problems. My problem is... I I I really enjoyed sort of the anxiety of the way the camera and the editing worked. The sometimes the really soft focuses. I really liked Joaquin Phoenix's performance, but halfway through this movie, I realized this is going to be this. He's this is going to continue. It will get darker. It will get uglier, and it will get sadder. And even though we'll be good at doing those things, I gain nothing from going on this journey. Um, it is just those things for the sake of being those things. I was going to comment on the cinematography of it in terms of focus. They used a lot of extreme close-ups, and obviously the focus was uh, it was a very shallow focus that they used. For most of it, obviously, it's all centered around him. His and isolation. His, He's yeah, not his isolation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you definitely feel that. And then as you progress through the movie, they, I mean, apart from some establishing shots, they like there's the train or the city streets. They, I, I was taking note of that because like I thought it was weird. and closer. Actually, farther and farther. Oh, does it? And because now it seems like everything's kind of like coming together. So it's it's from his perspective then that like he yeah, like now feels like this is his purpose. Yeah, like okay, because I, I noted when he was on the train, when he was walking, in the terms of uh, the rack focus, when he was stalking 
Zazie Beetz. That was a wide shot. The last scenes he's in, when he's talking to uh, Robert De Niro's character, uh, Murray, that focus is so intensely on him that you he's almost in he's almost in a black room even though he's not yeah like you can see there are colors that are just so intensely out of focus and then when he's in the when he's in Arkham Asylum at the mm-hmm. end, it's it's a pretty it's a shot that cuts off the top of his head and the bottom of his. It's I like thought it was a medium. Close. Was it super close? It's super close. You don't get his whole head, even. He was he was leaning back on his chair, and with handcuffs. When it shows the psychiatrist. She's at a pretty solid medium shot. Like you see the desk and you see above her head. When it cuts over to him, it cuts off the top of his head at the very least. And it goes just like either just below his chin or cuts off his chin. Yeah, okay. Yeah, when he was talking about the joke and how she wouldn't understand it. Speaking of which, okay, so his portrayal, I think in terms of, okay, so there's mannerisms, there's humor, and his laugh. His laugh reminds me, it's very unnerving. It reminds me of... The circus of value. Do you know what that? Do you know what I'm thinking of? <laughs> uh, from Bioshock. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. right, right when you come across one of those uh, those shops, it's like <laughs> it's the same type of laugh from like the old timey kind of circus. It's terrifying, which he nails it. I think that's great. His mannerisms. Uh, do you, do, do you notice uh, when he runs away with the with the file? At, from Arkham uh-huh. about his mom earlier, he runs like he's wearing clown shoes. Clown shoes, but he's yes, not wearing he's clown not. shoes. Yes. But that's how he runs. That's, yeah. I was gonna hit that point too. He always runs like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a very detailed performance for sure. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix builds consistency with habits, and he keeps them up through the whole movie for sure. Yeah, very good on the whole um, mannerisms and the whole like body contortion kind of. Yeah. Thing. The humor, I feel like, didn't quite hit the mark for me. Like, I understand it's like a sort of pitiful version, but it's I was anticipating a sort of version where it's still pitiful, but he's kind of gone off the deep end. And even his humor is still pitiful, but he's gone so far to the extreme where Wait, it's like There was he's, humor in this movie? No. <laughs> But like the way he perceives it, right? Okay. Like, like when he, when he does quote unquote tell a joke, right? Because he does say, like, that's fine. That that where it, when he tells a joke, air quotes, they're terrible. That's fine. But then when he goes to the extremes, like where it goes to violence, he thinks that's hilarious as well. Mm-hmm. So like, I was expecting him to be laughing when he shot uh, De Niro's character. Because he does, he he talks about like the nihilistic sort of perspective in that point when he was, you know, just unloading it for everyone. That is the part where I feel like he doesn't feel like the Joker, where he feels yes. like he feels like a he feels like a person who probably exists like the the wrong combination of trauma and isolation and mental illness and the wrong combination of lack of like existence and stuff. And those are elements perhaps of the Joker. But the Joker also has this mania to him mm-hmm. that Joaquin Phoenix never really has. That is the point that I was trying to get to. He doesn't have that maniacal part to him. Mm-hmm. And also going back to he's a just previous point. Sad. Yeah, he's just sad. Yeah. Going back to a previous point where because it's part DC Batman universe and its own movie, the expectations were kind of misaligned i guess mm-hmm. so i think that was the case because i wanted to see a bit of that 
maniacal part of his character, but it didn't quite show. It, I mean, they did it in the last bit with the where he comes out of the the room with bloody footprints. Yeah. But I want more mania. Here's 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 what I would say. He okay. either needs to be either New Fifty Two Joker, which is like extra horrifying, like cuts his own face off, kind of yeah. horrifying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or um, Dark Knight Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker is not funny, not really. He's wacky though. He does dress up in like you know yeah. a nurse's u- uniform and stuff like that. But he's not funny ever. And you kind of, I wish this movie would have picked one of those directions, either made him kind of funnier, or just made it made him scary. If this were like a horror movie almost, like he turns a little bit earlier. That should have been really how it... Because when he kills those three guys in the subway, it starts to, like, the, where there's a flickering light, uh-huh. and he can't stop oh, laughing, yeah, very... and they're singing the song. It gets creepy. Mm-hmm. And I wish the movie at that point had just taken that full turn. That's where I was expecting. And then it we to were go. following the we were following the killer in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I could I could see that, and I would still feel like that was the Joker, or I would have felt like if it was a little bit sillier, I would have felt like that was the Joker too. But this this super realistic, the Joker is not realistic. He's never been portrayed as realistic, and so this just feels like it's not anything related to that. Right. I think more wacky, wackier, and more maniacal would have been. Which is kind of where I thought it was going to go. I mean, in the initial subway scene where he kills the three people, that was more of like a launching point because it was innocence self-defense. Whereas mm-hmm. now he's doing things to make himself happy. To where he felt like he should not be how he is to what he realizes that's how he actually is. When, right. when he makes that comment about the laughing condition, that's mm-hmm. just how he is. That's definitely a real condition. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish they had used the name of the condition in the movie because it does seem like a weird thing. And so I don't know why the movie wouldn't sort of be like, no, it's real. You should look it up. Obviously, the movie wouldn't say that. But I don't know why they don't use its real name. Like his mom doesn't use its real name or his social worker doesn't use its real name. Because it does seem like so far-fetched that, it, that you wouldn't necessarily... Not everyone would know it's a real thing, but it is. It's absolutely a real thing. Uh, shorthand PBA. Which yeah. is a pseudo bulber effect characterized by episodes of sudden uncontrollable, uncontrollable and inappropriate laughing or crying. How do you feel like? How do you feel about how the movie? Even uh, let's stop talking about it like it's a DC movie. Okay. Start talking about the other half of the like the other, like the, the the fact that the, it's just a movie about yeah, yeah. what it's about. Okay. I wish, I wish they gave me more of the societal problems because it is. See, that's where I said like, it was a subplot. Like they didn't really get yeah, too much into that. He's this sad, dark person that like. I feel some sympathy for him, but also it's so clear it's going to go in such an ugly direction that you you keep a distance from him because mm-hmm. you know how horrible it's going to go eventually. Right. And so when I would like to see society's failings, because what well, my problem is it doesn't feel like the movie has anything to say about it. It's just watch this happen. Whereas, okay, this is this is actually kind of a real problem we have in our society, and you do you do have that one scene where a social worker is like, oh, the cutter budget, we're done. Um, or where the guy at Arkham is like, yeah, some people just have no place to go. But it's like, if you'd focused more on that part of it, then I might have not... Ch- I didn't completely check out. Like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a well-crafted film. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I know it's going to get uglier and darker and sadder. So I checked out a little bit because I just know that that's not entertaining to me. Right. Uh, but if... If I felt like the movie were making more of a commentary on this is a problem we face today and these are possible solutions or possible causes, I think I would have 
I would have invested myself more into it. Right. But they didn't really get too much into that. Again, it goes into the whole blending of part DC Universe, part its own movie. They use the time for those subplots to make a Bruce Wayne subplot and a Thomas Wayne subplot. And let me add another subplot that I felt like was kind of unnecessary was his neighbor with Zazzy Beats. (laughs) Yeah, that was weird to me. I mean, it makes sense. I don't think it's out of... I don't think it... I don't think it's out of character for the movie for to realize that in his that stuff happened in his mind and not, yeah. was not. He's reality. dissociating himself from reality. But it did feel weird because it's almost like it shows it to you in like a Fight Club style, like yeah. the end of Fight Club, and you're like, oh okay. Which I'm actually kind of glad because I remember when he when he started quote unquote dating her, which didn't really happen. I remember thinking, how how could she can't possibly be on board with this? Yeah. So I'm glad that, that that wasn't the case. Yeah. Because it didn't make sense for a human that, to be like, this is, yeah, when, fuck me. <laughs> when they had the kissing scene, yeah, that question was just like hanging in the back of my mind. Just like, okay, where are they going to go with this? Because there's no feasible way for him and her. Yeah. Which sounds kind of bad. But, I mean, we've we've been following his character, and he's clearly not yeah. right. I mean, look, it's not because he's he has, he has mental difficulties or he struggles with mental illness it's because it's untreated and right. he is he is not stable and mm-hmm. so uh someone who does not suffer from these problems this single mom would not just plunge forward, forward. Into this. she's got mm-hmm. other problems in fact the movie describes to you that yeah. like, it shows you that she has other problems she's obviously yeah. a little she's a little overworked with her kid as i'm sure every single parent feels um so she wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to totally just jump into this relationship. It's clearly, clearly he doesn't have his faculties about him at all times. Right, and right. so this, will, this probably won't be good for me. Although I will say that the reveal that it was all in his mind. blown up in his mind did make that scene where he does actually enter her apartment for real super creepy. Super creepy, It was, yeah. it was effective. Um, I, remember, I remember just kind of like, like I could picture that happening to me and being like, yeah, if I just walked out into my living room and this, it's Guy. again, it's shot in a way that he looks creepy too. Menacing. Like he's kind yeah. of. It's just behind. Yeah. Menacing is the good word. Yeah. You just said, I would be really creeped out by this. This would be yeah. kind of terrifying to me. and I'm not sure how I'd react. Again, effective. Just this is all ignoring that the movie's supposed to have anything to do with Batman. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like when he does get arrested after he shoots Robert De Niro in the face? And he's leaning his his face his head on the police car window. That that's a nod to Christopher Nolan's yeah, Dark Knight. Looks reminiscent yeah. of it. Yeah. Another part that was reminiscent was um, Bruce Wayne sliding down the pole. Um, Wait, when did Bruce Wayne slide slide down the pole? He was on like some sort of playground thing. Oh. And oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> the um, it's hard to say too about when. At the end of the film, when um, I I was actually kind of wondered if because they were building up the plot point of Thomas Wayne might be his father, if he would be the one to shoot Thomas yeah. in the mm-hmm. alley, but they didn't go there. Instead, the riot that he starts is why Caused. he got shot. Yeah, and a lot of like then that initial shot is kind of like Dutch angled over overhead of them going to the alley, uh, alley, and also when he shoots Martha, you know the pearls fly off as he grabs them. Now, it's hard to say that that's necessarily, that's actually just kind of the iconography of of that in general. Like, I feel like the comics show it that way. Yeah. But it is also reminiscent of the way it looks in 
in Nolan's as well. But also, I feel like every oh, movie thinking... kind of matches those those beats. Because... It's it's yeah, it's always pretty much the same. Like even though there's all the different styles, like Tim Burton style, which was also very close with uh, Nolan's. Pretty much any time we've seen it, it's always dark alley, steam coming out. They, because I think that that's the way it looks when the comics have shown it that way many times. And so it seems to be the filmmakers are always very faithful to that event. Um, I I will say, I I think what adds to it, which I think is almost necessary, apart, like, it's like being stained by the event. He's already, Bruce, he's already stained by the event. And then having the blood splatter on him adds another level of, like, the trauma that he's experienced. Mm. I think... I mean, it's terrible, but I think it's a good touch in terms of, like, the effects, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not, it's, I mean, watching someone die is already bad enough, but then having their parts on me (laughs) (laughs) is going to... Less than ideal, you might say. (laughs) Yes, is going to tip me over. You know, there's also the problem with that scene, though, (laughs) that the only reason why that scene exists in this movie, perhaps, is because we're supposed to connect it to Batman. That scene has no bearing on the plot in no, any way, shape, or form. It, it It's not like it builds to that, unless you would say Thomas Wayne would die or generic billionaire would die because there was that subplot about whether or not they, he was his father. But the reason why it's in an alley with the, with the whole family and the child witnesses, it only exists to remind us this is a DC movie, even though... Nothing about the plot of this movie actually should get us to that scene or that that scene should be included. I think we should start collecting our final thoughts. Um, Changes, I'm assuming, that we both have pretty similar ones, which is just make this a different... Just don't take place in Gotham. Yeah, either make it its own thing or make it or tie it in closer to the, you know, Gotham mythos. Yeah, because again, it's, it's not a bad movie... Again, it's not my favorite type of movie, but it's very well made. Mm-hmm. I just, it's baffling that it has anything to do with Gotham. It shouldn't. It yeah. shouldn't. But yeah, in terms of like transitioning, like everything was very seamless. Like the music that plays, like it, with the strings, the cello, the violin. There were just, nice beats with the sound. It, like sometimes it sounded like a, an accelerating heartbeat. Yeah. Um, or like this pounding in your head. Uh, it definitely built an anxiety. Yeah. To which, like, the way it was, each shot was, like, um, layered over each other uh, and going to the next scene, I thought was nicely done. Because I never felt like, because sometimes in case studies, or case studies, character studies, studies, sometimes, like, because there are certain beats that take off or, like, transitions, I kind of pull myself away from the movie and just start thinking of it, and then mm-hmm. I go back into it. Whereas this one, it just kept going back, or not going back, it kept going from one to another. It weaves you like, yeah. into the right character moments in the right way that it definitely doesn't really lose your attention. Yeah, Right. I, I wondered if Joaquin Phoenix could play the Joker, even in the movie itself, not because he was giving he was giving a very good performance, but again, we've already talked about it, that it wasn't a Joker performance, though. Mm-hmm. But then when he when we got to that scene where... He does stab that guy he works with when he yeah. comes into his house. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a very good Joker performance. Yeah, like it was, it was weird and quirky and violent and awful and all at the same time. Yeah, and, and especially even... with the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like, see, that's the part that I'm talking about. Like the sort of humor. That's just the only scene that he's like that. Yeah, in. and even more so than I think that the movie. Th- 
the movie is presenting to you that he is the full Joker when he's on the talk show. But that just felt preachy to me. Yeah. And the Joker's not really preachy. Nope. The chaos that, that exists in that scene in his apartment was good Joker to me. Was, I, I, mm-hmm. wish we, I, wish we, I wish we drew that out. Good point. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. Yes. That, to me, felt like more of the a good representation of Joker as opposed to the talk show. That's what I was trying to say. Because when it, when it got to that, that's what I was saying. I wanted to see more mania from him. Yeah, yeah. And that apartment scene... Because he, he just went. He went lets wild. the other guy go because the other he didn't have yeah. anything against the other guy. But even as he's passing, he goes yeah. <laughs> just to scare him. Yes. Like that's what the Joker does. Yeah. Um. He didn't want to hurt him. He and just wanted to laugh at scaring him. But also, everything about him is unexpected. It's that's the idea. Because the Joker, you don't know. He's like, so volatile. Why, why wouldn't know. he kill both of you? Yeah. Exactly. Why would he kill him in the first place? Why? Mm-hmm. You know. It. Yeah. It's like in that scene, you're like. I mean, and the other the other guy and the other actor in the scene plays it very well because after mm-hmm. he already kills his friend, he he's very unsure of what to do now. Yeah, because it is clear that this man could do anything. Almost the same thing with when he was on the talk show. I was expecting him to kind of like just half uh, lightheartedly shoot the other guy that was on the couch with the doctor woman mm-hmm. and say he didn't shoot her because he liked her. I think that people should see this movie. If they know what it actually is and it's what they're interested in, I think that as a as something tied to the DC universe, it is baffling to me. And if you just love the Joker, hey, you might like it, but I know that it is a it is a challenging movie about dark material that that doesn't have a super strong point, but that's what it intends. I don't really dock it for that. I mean, it almost seems like it was supposed to be a sort of cautionary tale yeah, in some way, yeah. but then it doesn't, doesn't really deliver fully on that. Yeah. Uh, so it's if you want to admire really good acting in, in sort of directing and cinematography, it's worth it. Go but, wa- yeah, go watch it. But, but if you think it's more DC Batman kind of world, not so much. Probably not for you. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for us today. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to visit us at our website, characterarc.net, for future episodes. Or you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you may listen to podcasts. All the podcast places. All um, the podcasts. You, you can also follow us at Character Arc on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, please do like and uh, subscribe, share, comment. Um, the more that happens, the more your friends find us. And we keep on going. Yay. I am... Ted Hong. And I'm Richard Bertelson. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>